Rogers Business App Market brings together the right apps for your business and wraps it all up with Rogers world-class support. Microsoft Office 365 makes it easy. Whether you need to securely store and backup files, access or share documents in the cloud, collaborate with your team or manage your business from anywhere and on any device. Plus, with support from Rogers, you'll get everything up and running quickly. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash business apps. Scotiabank understands that business is personal and your business has unique needs. That's why we offer flexible solutions for your business banking. Create your own business banking package that works for you by opening an account online in minutes with ease and start saving today. Visit scotiabank.com forward slash small business to get started. Building your dream, work-life balance, scaling up, discussing the topics that matter most to entrepreneurs. He's Rivers Corbett on the Startup Canada podcast. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and change makers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and those driving the entrepreneurial movement. The Startup Canada podcast show is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 2.3 million entrepreneurs. If you are a regular show listener, welcome back. If you're new to the program, hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Google Play Music and visit startupcan.ca to connect with both your local startup community and to join Startup Canada to access training, resources, and a peer network to grow your success. I'm Rivers Corbett and entrepreneurship is part of my DNA. Whether it's building my own companies or helping other entrepreneurs build theirs, this is my lane. Want to connect after the podcast? You can find me at www.meetrivers.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast show heard around the world every week on Tuesday. We launch new uh, new guest episodes and today's episode is going to be awesome as we are thrilled just to have a math enthusiast, teacher and founder of the most unique and effective learning space in the country. Vanessa Vicari is the founder and director of the Math Guru, which is a super cool boutique math and science tutoring studio in Toronto where teens can feel comfortable and confident in their mathematical ability. Specialized in teenage engagement in mathematics education with a focus on encouraging young women to pursue STEM-related fields as well as reinventing media representations of females as they intersect with math, Vanessa travels globally engaging audience with her workshop, Imagining a World Where Kim Kardashian loves math. Yeah. (laughs) Encouraging teenagers, teachers, and everyone to reinterpret and reinvent traditional stereotypes of what it means to be a math person. I can't wait to get into this conversation. Believe it or not, now a math guru, Vanessa used to be a math hater until high school. On today's episodes, we will talk to Vanessa about how her early frustration inspired her to empower young teenagers. Vanessa from Toronto, welcome to the Startup Hi, Canada podcast. Thank you. 
Bob. <laughs> it's great to have you. Okay, a couple of things I'm going to dive into, and the first one is is that uh, what do you want when we're done this? You're be, you'll be able to have your coffee, have a nap, and feel content that you mm-hmm. have achieved mm-hmm. what on this podcast? Okay, so I think like the biggest takeaway should be you know for listeners, I want I want them to really like think about this for a sec. We're literally on this planet for a finite amount of time. You know, we get to choose how to spend that time. Like it's entirely our choice. So I want people to to come away from this realizing that taking the time to figure out how to spend our time here, what kind of people we want to surround ourselves with, what we want to see when you look out the window, what you want to be doing with every hour of this like life, this is all our choice and it can be ours. It can be yours. It can be the listeners. And and I want I want listeners to realize that they can just like make that happen. And most of all, to realize that the vision is important. Okay. Like the ultimate vision mm. is the important thing, but the path to getting to that vision, it, it is so multifaceted and it will take forms that you cannot predict. So be open to that. Be willing to actually see that manifestation through and like buckle up and enjoy the ride. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I'm a faithful guy. One of my favorite jokes is uh, you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Uh, <laughs> because nice. they, <laughs> they do not go exactly as you uh, as you plan. So I want to I want to uh, dive right into this math hater comment. Uh, were you actually a math hater? So not only was I a math hater, actually, like the, the real story is that I failed grade 11 math twice, actually. Two years, twice. twice, twice in a row. It's actually uh, quite, quite a talent. <laughs> quite an accomplishment. Yeah, that's right. It's a beautiful talent. I love it. Uh, so yeah, I failed it twice in a row. I hated math, and the main reason is so when I was in high school, like I knew that I was destined to be famous. Okay, I was like, I am going to be a famous actress. I'm going to marry Keanu Reeves. I'm going to be living this life in the Hollywood Hills. Like, mm. I just don't have time for math. That has nothing to do with my personality, and. Right. All of my teachers, my friends, they were kind of like, yeah, you know, like you're really artsy. I, lo- I, lo- I loved art. Like I loved painting. I loved acting. Like I was really into Britney Spears. Like, you know, I had this whole thing. And they, they all kind of were like, yeah, totally. Like that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're either an artsy person or you're a math person. And that was the most damaging thing to me because I believed that. So I believed it and I didn't try. I was like, oh yeah, you know, math, like, you know, whatever. It just didn't jive with my personality. And I really thought that I had to separate myself into this one dimensional character. So moving forward, you know, after failing grade 11 math twice, my parents were like, okay, like seriously, like (laughs) that's great that you're going to go marry Keanu Reeves, but we need like an interim plan. (laughs) Yeah. Had Keanu Reeves, had you been in contact with him at that point in time? Maybe stalkerishly, yes. Like he had not been in contact with me. I will tell you that. So, so they ended up sending me to this. He will after this podcast, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, after this, we're probably getting married. So thank you for yes. <laughs> but so they sent me to this alternative school, and this school was completely different than my. You know, I'd been going to a ridiculous, like a regular academic school, like you know that smell of stuffy classroom halls. Everyone sits down and is mm. quiet, and I hated it because you know I was going to be a famous actress. So I go to this alternative yes. school, and this school is like totally different. Okay. It's like a hundred kids. That's it. You call all your teachers by your your first names. Like you don't even need to wear shoes. It's super chill. And like at this school, there's no such thing as a math person or an artsy person. I remember I sat down on my first day of math class and I told my teacher, look, I failed math twice and I'm not really a math person. So this is going to be rough. And she just looked at me and said, what, 
what's a math person? And that nice. changed my life. I got a 99 that year in math. And it wow. changed everything. And, you know, I will say, this is a, this is a quick summary of we're going to discuss this, but I am now in a rock band and I have been in for six years and I own this math business. And it's this beautiful thing where, hey, we can be whatever we want to be. There's no type mm. of person. You know, like I'm in this intersection of this beautiful Venn diagram that society told me for years could never come to light. So mm. that's that. Okay, so a couple of things come out of that. First of all, when you went from failing twice to making a ninety nine, what was the what was the shift? Was it really just about an acceptance? I wasn't a math person, or that's a great question. So it was two things. Number one, it was the promise I made to myself. Actually, when I went to this new school, I said, "Look." I'm going to honestly try to be open-minded. I'm going to actually sit in class. I'm going to not sit here mm. saying, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm going to actually listen to what the teacher's saying, do the things required, like do my homework, do whatever, ask questions. Mm. And I'm going to actually see if I can do, you know, do what it takes and be successful rather than mm. just going into it with this mind frame that I can't, I can't. But then the second thing really was having this, this teacher and mentor mm. believe in me, unlike kind of everyone else in my life at that point. And like, it really mm. is a larger societal thing. And that's why like the idea of this school was so important, like entering this environment where those rules didn't really exist. So it yeah. was a combination of environment and then my own kind yes. of promise to myself. So you, so it really wasn't that you hated math. You just hated the environment by which you were learning math. Totally. But I mean, that trickles down, right? Like you, first of all, the idea by with like, which math is defined in schools. Like if math is defined to a teenager as you're sitting in this classroom doing rote exercises that mean nothing. And you, the only right. thing that matters is if mm. you get it right or not. If that's your definition mm. of math. Yeah. I hated math, but yes. that's not what math became for me. Well, one more journey in that area, and then we're going to get on to your business because I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated with that. You know, I, I see math being the constant struggle in schools mm -hmm. and uh, how I see so many teachers, math teachers, and I'm going to call them out on this. So many, I didn't say all of them. I say so many of them. They really focus on blaming the child, blaming the student for not being able to do the work. It's never their fault. Mm -hmm. How do you start to, or can you shift that so that, I mean, you're, you're proven in the laboratory, give the right environment, mm -hmm. give the right mental attitude. And you know, you can go from failing it twice to 99. What are your thoughts on that? It's, you know, it's so hard because there are so many pieces to the puzzle. So I, I totally agree. There needs to be an accountability, but like for many ends, like well, I, to me, honestly, and I'm, I'm just going to say this and probably get in so much trouble, but yeah, go the, for it. <laughs> the, the biggest problem is the way we treat education period. And with the way we treat math yeah. education, like we've completely lost sight of why schools exist and why we mm. teach. So from a teacher's perspective, Yes, I agree that most teachers are, not most, but many of them are disenchanted with their work and they sort of are like, mm -hmm. you, you know, mm. but, but would they also work within a system that makes it so hard right. for them? So yeah, that's fair. I think there's just like yeah. a lot going on and, and we sort of really are at a crossroads where we need to do something major. Otherwise we're at serious risk of alienating all of our students from wanting to learn period. 
And so you've identified that in business, there's a pain point or a pleasure point that ultimately creates opportunity. You identified that pain point mm-hmm. that exists in the existing system today, and you created the math guru. Take us through that initial journey, mm-hmm. Vanessa, if you could, and in, in, uh, in founding the math guru. Okay. So, I, I mean, this kind of like ties into why I say like the, one of my goals for this this interview is for people to come away from it being like, you know, there are so many different paths to get you to a place where you may never have even thought you would end up. And that's kind of the beautiful Mm -hmm. thing about it. So it started, honestly, it really started for me when I failed math. Right. And I was kind of like, for me personally, failing math and then going through this journey where I ended up being super successful at it. But that wasn't it for me. You know, for me, math has never been about the math. It's been a means to, instill confidence and empowerment. So failing at something for so long and then all of a sudden being great at it through my own hard work Mm. is something that made me realize like this is a way to, it's a way in. Like what, you know, yes, sure, math is a problem in schools. What's a bigger problem for teenagers specifically like myself is a lack of confidence is a feeling mm-hmm. that you can't do something that you innately mm. are incapable of doing something. Like imagine how horrible that is to feel, right? We've all felt that way. Like mm. I'm just not good at this. So right. once I overcame that barrier, I was sort of like, Oh my God, you know, like I want to do this. I want to make sure that no kid ever feels this way, that no kid ever feels like they just can't do math, you know, because that trickles down into the rest of your life. Like that's the kind of stuff that trickles down into, well, I could never start a business. Like that's just not something right. I do. So anyways, so that's kind of like the, you know, the overall photo, but yeah, and that's good. That's great. I mean, that's ultimately your, your aha moment of bigger than life, but that's uh, that's your impetus to starting yeah. with your journey and being in the math guru. That was a start. That's awesome. And it started actually with me wanting to be actually an employee. So I went to teacher's college. I thought, okay, I'm going to teach in the classroom. And yeah. I started teaching in the classroom and within two seconds, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> no. What did I do? <laughs> no way. <laughs> so I literally taught for like two months and I was like, I can't handle this. This is crazy. And it just reminded me of why I hated it. You know, like it's it just that yes. I was a student that didn't want to work within the system. And now I was a teacher that didn't want to work within the system. Uh, so I actually never meant to start a business. I actually... After that teaching experience, I was like, screw it. I'm going to India. I need to just go. For six this months. seems to be a theme with your life, Vanessa. I ne- I've hated, never expected. You're doing a, the exact opposite of what you thought you were going to do with your totally. life. It's crazy. So I, it's so, crazy. It's right. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's lovely. It's amazing. Um, so, so I decided to go to India and to, to go to India, I had to make money. So all of this. Why India? Yeah, India. I wanted to go to India. I'm like, do yoga. Yeah, but why India? Like, why just, why, why not Mexico? Why not Brazil? Why now, not uh, Antarctica? I think back then there was that whole like yoga trend of like going to India uh, yeah, and like yeah. being all shanti, shanti, like who even knows what I was doing. But <laughs> I, I decided I had to raise some capital to go to India. So because I quit the teaching job, I decided to tutor. So I told yes. all the kids in the class that I left, I was like, you know, I'm going to be tutoring. If you want to tutor, you know, whatever, hit me up. And it was crazy. Like, because kids are struggling so much in school, I got so many students. So by the time I was even set to go to India, I was making bank. Like I was like working the <laughs> hours a week tutoring. And I was like, and I was loving it. It was exactly what I wanted yeah. to do. I was sitting one-on-one with these kids, getting to know them personally, getting to motivate them and mentor them through math. Like it was just amazing. So anyways, I went to India 
You know what's amazing about that story? It, 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 I bet you it's hard to interrupt you when you're around a bunch of friends going <laughs> You're focused. But one of the magical things that you just referenced there, and I don't think you know you know that you did it, is you said the kids actually reached out to you. It, it, that, that, that says volumes right there about the magic that you were doing. It wasn't the parents. Mm-hmm. It was the kids that reached out totally. to you and then went to the parents and said, I need Vanessa. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Totally. And and that's that's actually interesting you point that out because I think that's what unique, it's unique about the business now. It's very teenage driven. But I mean, we'll get to that mm. later. But anyways, I mean, really okay. long story short, started tutoring, went to India, came back, still had all these students and really it just grew organically. Like I loved it so much. I ended up doing a bunch of things in between, but I always would come back to the tutoring and it got to a point where I just got really busy and thought, I don't want to say no to kids. I don't want to turn people away because I want to help them. And I was like, maybe I'll just hire someone. And that was the beginning. Mm. That was the beginning of, Mm. of everything. So you're, you started your journey with the math guru. You've chose teenagers as your niche um, because of your journey or because of your connection with them. Uh, did you ever have thoughts of, you know, uh, kids in grade one or two? Was it always the teenagers is the, is the magic spot? Well, so for me, I, the, the whole goal was to help like younger Vanessa. So, right. Like I was always right, thinking about right. like <clears throat> what I needed when I was in high school and how neglected right. I felt. And like, so that, the, right. and also like, I'm really actually like a permanent 16 year old at heart. So I really understand the demographic. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, nice. you know, and, and kids like aren't really my thing, but I will say like now, six years later, <laughs> we have at least 30% of our students are elementary school students. So how many students are you helping uh, today in your business? Um, we have about 400 a week. I was <laughs> That's incredible. Lots of kids. Yeah. And it's only the beginning of the year. So it grows throughout the year, but um, sure. yeah, it's, it's amazing. 400. It is amazing. Kids. And, um, and so, yeah, you've got uh, 30% that are um, younger than teenagers, but what, and, but there's always a conversation in the intro about our focus on encouraging young women to pursue STEM related mm-hmm. fields. And so on is, 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 uh, are the majority of your students, uh, young women? They're not, you know, what's really interesting is so in between like all of those adventures I told you about, I'd actually yes. noticed in my classroom that I'd been teaching in and in the students and even just thinking about myself, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. I was thinking about how influenced I'd been by social factors, right? Like just when you, when you watch like popular media, like you think about all those movies where like the nerdy smart girl needs a makeover before she gets the guy, right? Like all that kind of stuff. And it it really angered me because I was like, you know, it's crazy, right? Like, Think about, can you think of one movie where there's a strong female character who's really intelligent mathematically and cool? It never happens. Like it's this dichotomy. So I thought, thought for a long time that that's why I had been so discouraged mathematically. And that's why many of the students I saw, like just did not see themselves as mathematically capable, especially women, because you think about those movies and you think about like celebrity role models. Uh It's crazy. So I had actually gone in between all of this to do my master's um, where I had studied feminist theory, marketing theory, and mathematics education. And I'd come up with my thesis, which which was imagining a world where Paris Hilton loves math. So, uh, okay. So, and I've changed it to Kim Kardashian just to get with the times, you know, Uh, but. (laughs) Yeah. And is that the reason or does Kim Kardashian represent something to you? Exactly. It's this idea that like, 
these teenagers, as much as we want to say that they're getting their education from school and from parents, they're getting most of it from the media. So when I started Math Guru, again, it wasn't like purposeful, but I think subconsciously I was like, I want to create a space that rivals this media messaging that that girls are getting. Uh It started Uh that way. But really, the more I think about it and the more I expand on it, it's not just girls that are getting this messaging. So girls get one type of messaging, and that's that beauty is more important than brains. Like if we really want to break it down, that's the messaging. Yep. So is what it is. Nothing wrong with right. that. Yeah, I love it. Love your calling it. That's it. And, but boys get like all sorts of messaging that's equally as damaging. So, for example, like, mm-hmm. you, again, thinking about media characters like the jock or the cool yep, guy, like yep, they, yep. they're forced to choose too. So I wanted to create a space where like all of those choices blended into one. It's all about just being whoever you are. And I think it's really designed after just my personality. So if you come into the math guru, like it sort of feels like you're entering like this, like super chill yoga studio. And it's a bit confusing because there are candles everywhere and we serve tea lattes with every tutoring session. And it smells like incense and bath and body works. And like, it doesn't look like school. And that's sort of the point is that why are we treating education and math education in this way that alienates the exact target market that we're trying to get interested? Like it literally makes mm. no sense to me. We design schools for teenagers, yet schools are the opposite of anything any 16 year old would ever want to like be involved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I think about my fondest memories of education for me are when I went to that alternative school, me and my friends would sit in like smoky coffee shops until midnight cramming and doing math and like doing these problems and like drinking coffee. And it was like this beautiful emotional experience that is so opposite to what you'd find in an actual school. But that's what made me love studying is like, I got to combine like studying and education with all of my teenage loves. So, so let's let's dive into the business of the math guru. And I noticed uh, you, <laughs> yeah, I noticed you did two things. You, one, you referred to it as the math guru, and then you referred to it the other time as math guru. So, um, which I think is very interesting. How we we talk about our companies yeah. and uh, as they're, they're our kids, it's my name's Rivers, but my mother called me Riv. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> you know that shortened version. So, but I want to talk about uh, it, you know when you started your journey um, in in helping young teens. Teenagers, um, you know, they, they really became your your uh, your your uh, oh, words I'm looking for your 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 marketing for your business, your testimonials. But as you grew, is your is your is your sales and marketing strategy purely based on testimonials right now? Uh, like, do you mean like word of mouth driven? Yeah, we're both driven. Yeah. So what I guess what I'm looking at when, when I hear about your conversation of what you do with your uh, your facility is, and is, is you, you know, I, my, the word branding comes into my head. So um, do you uh, have you have, did you formulate a structured branding mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. model or did you just say, I know what I don't want. So I'm going to do the exact opposite. Oh, great. Such a good question. So I love talking about branding because so I also have my, nice. my main degree, my actual university degree. Like I don't have a math degree. My degree is in business. So it's in marketing and uh, mm-hmm. communications. So, um, where'd you go to school? I went to university of Guelph. Great. Cool. So, yeah. So for branding, I, I really did craft a brand actually. So I crafted a brand 
based on what you kind of said, what I wanted and what I didn't want. So I wanted something totally different from what any other educational institution has. So if you look at my logo or my website or my, like any of my social accounts, they're completely yes. different from any other. T- First of all, I don't think most tutoring centers have Instagram <laughs> accounts, but I mean, like that's <laughs> problematic again. Isn't that great though? It's amazing for me. You are living <laughs> what you promised to, to offer. That's brilliant. Totally. So yeah, I mean, the branding strategy is, pretty well thought out. It's not just like an ad hoc thrown mm-hmm. together. So I thought about it all in the beginning and I like to remain very brand consistent. Again, to me, we are dealing with consumers and I don't think we mm-hmm. think about education that way. And we really need to start thinking mm-hmm. about it that way. We put no effort into marketing and branding when it comes to education. Yet again, mm-hmm. our target market is teenagers and they care about branding more than anybody. So yeah. Yeah. Wow. Again, like you think about like, I just find it so fascinating that like you go to schools and you see their like, and I'm saying this in air quotes, promotional efforts where they have those Mm. ads that are like (laughs) math matters. You need to stay in school. And you're like, Oh my God, who is there a marketing department behind this? Answer is obviously no. And like, who who are you trying to target? <laughs> Sometimes yes, by the way, it is. <laughs> it's true. Sometimes you put these marketing people who think they're marketing people, and that's who they 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 forget. They listen to what the what the internal politics wants, and not necessarily what the consumer wants. And that's why I love this messaging we're talking about: go. branding, focus on the customer. Yeah. Uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, I don't care if it's education. I don't care if it's digging ditches. It doesn't matter. Well, you said it perfectly. It's the that's it. They, it's the education seems to be all about politics and not about product or delivery of service, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is so strange to me. Like, again, like I'm really focused on consumerism and business. It's just, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by the psychology of it. And I'm fascinated by why it's been so neglected in the education sector. So why do you think it's been neglected? Mm, You know, it's interesting. Like, I think there are a few reasons. I think, I think one of the first ones is almost because it can be like, it's almost this weird, it's, it's like the idea of, of phone companies having a monopoly. Like they have to make yep, such yep. a limited effort. It's like, well, yeah. kids have to go to school. So who cares if they yeah. like it? Well, and not only that, we've been used to this, you know, this baby boomer uh, uh, phenom where there's always been a plethora of, of I like that word, of people who are going to school. I remember when I went to school, man, they had portables outside the yeah. goddamn school because there was such an overflow in the school itself. So you, you get lulled in this sense of many a sales hides many a sins. And now all of a sudden there's this huge demand. You get online offerings, you get what you're doing and so on. I think it's just... Uh, I think it's just darn laziness in the system totally. that had come to expect. We will always have customers. That's so totally it. That's exactly it. And it's, it's so upsetting to me because again, it goes back to like, we've forgotten what the point is of education. Like we're not just mm-hmm. talking supply and demand here. We are literally, Oh my God. Like I'm actually getting emotional thinking about this. Cause like the role of schools is to inspire future generations mm-hmm. to want mm-hmm. to do better on the planet. And if we don't mm-hmm. do that, we are all mm. so screwed, right? Mm. But like, instead, we're like, mm, whatever. We're just gonna pump and churn these kids out. Like, who's whatever. Gonna, who cares? Yeah, I got to get to retirement. Yeah, like it's so gross. And, and and so yeah, that's. I mean, it really freaks me out. Not just for us, but like for the whole world. And like, I just feel so bad for these kids. Like, I just mm. I just feel horrible for them. Like, imagine. Well, 
I mean, I guess this is so ironic now. I was just going to say to all your listeners, imagine doing something eight hours a day that you totally hate. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, this is a podcast about entrepreneurs, Vanessa. (laughs) But I mean, that's it. It's like, that's, that's, you know, we as adults have this, we get to make the choice. We get to say, I'm going to leave my job. I'm going to change something. These teenagers have to go to school. And yeah, they do. They do. So talk to me about uh, your team. Uh, obviously, or maybe not obviously, I think you're a pretty phenomenal person, but you're not teaching 400 kids per week in your school system. So tell me about yeah. your team uh, and more so, uh, you know, the strategy behind bringing these people, mm-hmm. these magnificent people who are helping you impact these kids, but also grow your business. What's kind of the strategy behind that as an entrepreneur? as a founder. Absolutely. Okay. And and this is good because I'm glad we're talking about this because this week, even I have this whole like panic about, I mean, I'm going through a major shift right now where I'm bringing more people onto my team and I'm Mm. letting go of some of my responsibilities. And I think that's one of the big things that happens in an entrepreneurship that can be so amazing, but so scary. Um, Yes. So really, like, you know, as most businesses, I started out just doing everything. I was doing the accounting, doing the marketing. I was doing the tutoring and you know every year it's been okay i need to let go of this thing in order to grow and it's always a struggle and it's always yes. the most amazing thing at the end right so i think that's one of the key things for people to realize is that a team is so so important and letting go of the control is the hardest thing you can do but the most rewarding thing you can do so i just started mm. with just me now so six years later it's a team of 25 and I have a few major admin people in place. So I have an accountant, I have a bookkeeper, I have an office manager, and those are all the people that keep me sane and allow me to grow and innovate and do the things that make me strong and make my business grow and make my business strong. The most important is the, the team of tutors. So those are the people that actually are in the front lines that provide the education that, you know, mentor these students that are the face of the business. And that's, that's where TMG, oh, look, I'm calling it TMG, but that's where TMG is really different from a tutoring company. Yes. It's really <laughs> to find talent that aligns with my branding and my core values. So there are a ton of tutors, there, but to get a tutor who really, in the company mission. And this is just like any business, like getting a team together that really, really embodies your company philosophy and cares about it as much as you do is really, really hard. Um, cool. So I'm, I'm very selective in my process and it's much more rigorous than most tutoring agencies. Of but course. We have, yeah, but we have this team of amazing people that provide personalized service. And that, again, is what the kids like and what makes it So... So Vanessa, you've you've done a great job bringing those that those team members together. One quick question: I got. I bet you you have no problem get getting uh, people to apply for positions at uh, at TMG. That's cute that you went in there. See, you told <laughs> something else though too. Like my child. True. Yeah. Do you get a lot of people just? I, I want to work here. I want to work here. I want to work here. We do. Yeah, we get a ton of tutor applications. 
Yeah, I bet you do. Well, good for you. So I, I now one of the other things that you referenced in the conversation and the and the feeds are coming through really awesome now. Um, I uh, I wanted to talk about growth because you've made you know six years in the business, four hundred four hundred kids going through there, twenty five staff, uh, and you're talking about growth. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to because you are on this earth to make an impact beyond the beautiful city of Toronto and the great kids there. What's the what's the 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 vision? for TMG, <laughs> the math guru. Where's it, where's it going? Where's it going to be you know, in 10 years? This is so funny to me because I listen to all these entrepreneur podcasts and I, I, I listen to a couple my of- My podcast, right? The Startup Canada podcast. So, oh, sorry. I listened to- I listened, Let me start that again. Um, so I listened to a kind of, of your Startup Canada podcast. And- Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Yes, but- you do. Yes, of course you do. Of course I do. <laughs> no, but I, seriously, I listened to a bunch of them and cool. there was a common theme. Like there was, there was a few things that I like listened to and I was like, oh my God, that so rings true to me. Like this idea that there's one way to do something, you know, like you start a business, you have a business plan, you have this vision. But again, it's so not like that for me. And it doesn't have to be like that. I remember on the podcast you did with George, he was saying so many entrepreneurs compare. George Stravalopoulos. Yes, my fave. Yeah. So I I didn't want to say his last name. Yeah, it's tough. Trust me, I practiced for about an hour before I got him on the phone. (laughs) Um, But he was saying, you know, you compare yourselves and you're like, oh, I can't do what this person is doing or I'm not doing it that way and it must be wrong. I've really made peace with the fact that I don't have a plan. Like, sure, I have some sort of vision, but I don't have the vision. I am very aware that, like, in two years, I might just decide I'm going to be a rock star, let someone else manage Mm. TMG, tour the world for a bit, come back, do it again. Like, I just don't know. What I do know is this, this is, you know, I, yes, I need to make an impact on the world. I want teenagers to go through their lives feeling capable and feeling powerful and feeling empowered. But... I've been thinking about it. There are so many ways I can do that. Like I could open different branches. I could franchise. Okay. I'm probably not going to franchise, but I could franchise, right? Like I could start touring and giving workshops. I could open TMG globally. Like I could just expand this location. The truth is I really don't know for me. Like I've seen steady growth. I keep hiring new tutors. We've, you know, I started out of my apartment and now we have like, three units above a storefront. Like we have this huge space. Like I started, what's the sp- total space? I really wish I could tell you, but I have no idea what it is. Like I just, love it. Yeah, I just don't know. It's big. It's big. Yeah. It's big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. And like, it, it, meets, it meets your needs right it meets now. Your needs And like, you know, when we need more space, we'll get more space. Like I'm kind of a reactive business person. Like sure. I like to plan ahead and think of crazy cool ideas, and I try them and say, you know, oh my God, I remember like two years ago, I was like, I need a TMG accessory line. I need to start making math jewelry. Okay. Well, I started that for like two months. Didn't work out. I moved on. Like, you know, you just like, I don't know at all, but I know that I will keep growing and I will keep wanting to change teenagers lives. And I'm going to do that. And I'm really open to the way that happens. So it's so- the start of the school year right now. Like it's only November. I know we're going to need more space. I know we're going to need more tutors. I'm taking a look around. And that's kind of where it's at right now. 
And so what I what I magical conversation, and I really mean that. But what I, one of the things I just touched in there is growth. You, you know, you're going to grow. Mm-hmm. So as as long as you're growing, and I'm not talking physical growth. Yeah. I'm talking spiritual yeah. growth yes. here. Yeah. Oh my you know, god! That, I'm like, so glad you just said that. I'm so yeah, it's, glad. It's, it's, because that's that's what I'm sensing here. As long as that's what you're doing, mm-hmm. and it it respects who you want to grow for, then oh. you'll figure it out. Is that fair to you're say? You're just like making my life right now. Yes, yes. Because can I say? <laughs> I know this is so. Last week I was saying, you know, it's so like. I feel as entrepreneurs, we are so obsessed. Well, I mean, I can't say this for everyone. Maybe this is just me, but I feel it's our society getting bigger and this idea of success and making more money and like having more and more and more that we really forget what we're doing. And I was thinking about this Mm. last week. I was like, I might not want to open another location. I might not want to get more space and hire more too. Like I, there's so many things I need to do to be fulfilled in this business. I need to feel like I'm providing the best service. Mm. I need to feel like I'm making the most difference that I possibly can. And it's, it's what you said. I feel like I need to grow spiritually. And maybe that means that in the next two years, I can't physically grow anymore in order to accomplish Mm. those things. Maybe that's what it means. But the point is you have to be open to those things. And like, right. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know why I'm talking anymore because you just said it perfectly. So yes. What you said. Well, that's an interesting point. Why why are you talking? (laughs) (laughs) Because they're interviewing me. (laughs) So, um, uh, I want to, uh, I want to, um, talk two more things. And one is I want to hear about your rock band. What, uh, are you the, are you the lead singer? You're the drummer? Uh, what's, what, what do you do in your rock band? What's the name of your rock band? So my band is called good night sunrise. Um, George, if you're listening to this, what's up? George. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? If he's listening to this, (laughs) I emailed him this morning. Actually, I'm not even going to lie. Yeah. Keanu it's, it's, what's it called again? This morning sunshine. Good night. Sunrise. Good anyway, go for it. Okay. So, 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 uh, yeah. What type of okay. genre are you, do you focus in on? Right. You know, you've been on the voice, all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a bit about this because it may seem irrelevant, but it's not. Okay. So good night okay. sunrise is a band I started six years ago. I literally started it this way. Okay. You remember I told you in high school, I wanted to be like Britney Spears and Mary Keanu Reeves. I have no yep. musical training at all. I've always kind of just been wanted to be a rock star. So six years ago, same time I started TMG, I was in a bar after a little too much wine and I saw a band <laughs> and I went up to this band and I said, hey, you guys would be so much better with a female singer. I don't really remember what happened after that. Okay. It was a little blurry. I got a phone call the next day. His band called me and said, hey, you said you wanted to sing for us. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, shit. Did I? Like, did I? <laughs> God, I don't remember that at all. But I couldn't back well, not, not only did you say it, you gave them their number to call <laughs> you. <laughs> Apparently. So then, so I had to go say, I didn't want to say like, oh, I was kind of drunk. Like, I don't remember. So I was like, yeah. totally. Like, I'm there. I go to this jam. Oh, wow. I sing for this band. I can't even sing, honestly. But they were so desperate and they like wanted a female singer that I ended up being the lead singer of this band. Okay. So I'm the singer of this wow. band, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. I remember I played a show and this guy came up to me after and said, that was the worst performance I've ever seen. Like you're a horrible singer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And you said, whatever. This is the point. It's the idea of failure. I was like, all right, I'll take singing lessons then. And so years later, I have this band. I I left. I started my own band with the drummer of that band. It's called Goodnight Sunrise. And we just, we have two albums now. We just released a single. uh, No, our single is coming out on, 
Well, I mean, I don't know when this podcast is going out. So let's start that again. So we just released yeah. our latest single. Um, and music video, Indie 88 has premiered it. Like we're getting a ton of buzz. We've toured the East Coast. We've toured the UK. And wow. like we're an awesome rock band and we plan to get famous. But the whole thing, it's again, just like everything else. It started from failure. It started from being told I wasn't good enough and, and thinking, mm. hey, you know what? I'm going to take that as a personal challenge. So we're an indie rock band. I play guitar, if you know what that is. It's a really cool uh, I think I got an idea. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a drummer. I'm a drummer lover. As long as the drummer's in the band, then I'm fine. We have a drummer. We have a good drummer. We're a four-piece rock band. So we're like an indie rock yeah, band. Okay. We're super fun. I'm the lead singer and play guitar. And then there's a lead male vocalist. So it's kind of like July Talk, if you know that band. No, I don't know that band, but uh, it sounds wonderful as, as your journey to do that. So, so um uh, well, Vanessa, I, I I can't even imagine ending this conversation. Uh, I could just keep going on and on. I know, it's been we're having wonderful. the best time. And you've really inspired me, too. I feel like you've sort of made you. my day and made my vision of it. Yeah, clear, so thank, thank you. you. Yeah, I appreciate that a lot. So on that note, I'm going to let you kind of, uh, you know, do the uh, do the encore uh, for this conversation and uh, and take us uh, take us out for the conversation. What's the what are some lasting words of uh, of thoughts mm. that you want to leave our audience from coast to coast to coast around the world? You guys can do it. No, but seriously, seriously, I really I know it's so cheesy, but like my favorite quote ever probably right now is that. There's nothing to fear but fear itself. And I think that's one of my biggest takeaways is that we're so scared of failing and we're so scared of losing security and and of leaving the unknown. But like the truth is you really just have the choice to do anything you want in your life, anything, anything, anything. And the only thing holding you back is being scared that it's not going to work out. And hopefully Mm. what you can learn from me is that when things don't work out, they lead to the most amazing things ever and they lead to to personal challenge and ultimately to empowerment so go out there and get them guys yeah, right on. I love it. Vanessa Vicaria, you have been an inspiration to this conversation. Uh, how can people find you? They can obviously find you at The Math Guru. Um, but uh, what about you being Vanessa, if we want to find you on LinkedIn? If you want to find me on LinkedIn, so just look, look me up, Vanessa Vicaria. Um, best thing to do is honestly socials. Like look up The Math Guru on any social platform. Um, I use those more than I use LinkedIn, but feel free to look me up. I just haven't updated that thing in a while. I should really get on that. Mm. Update that thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fly. Oh my God. That thing's out there. I need to update that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Vanessa the carry on LinkedIn. Look me up. Cool. But thanks so much for being on the show today. It's been an epic conversation. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the entrepreneurial potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Want access to resources and support to grow your business? Visit startupcan.ca for the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Till next week, I'm Rivers Corbett leaving you with a sneak peek of next week's episode. Hi, this is Trisha Bozart, PR manager of voices.com. And you are listening to the startup Canada podcast with rivers Corbett. So tell me what are your, some of your favorite PR hacks? 
<laughs> my favorite PR hacks. I think it all starts with just knowing the basics. Obviously, I'm beyond that point, but we're first startup for, for a, a small company. You need to know basically how PR works at a very basic level to make it work for you and before you can start incorporating hacks. So the basic level, you need to understand that the relationship between a reporter and a PR person or even just the person in your company who's handling public relations for you is sacred and it's not a one-way street. I think that's where a lot of people tend to go wrong and get it wrong and then kind of discount PR as not helpful. Yeah. Um, you, you need to can very you, much... Sorry, can you expand on that a bit for Yeah, me? of course. So it's very much understanding that you feed the other. So reporters need to get content. They need to get those stories. They have quotas of what they need to cover and how much they need to write each week. Um, and then the PR person obviously needs to make sure that their company or their product is being covered and being put out there to the masses or to the right target group. So I've noticed and I've seen it happen. And I know I've been guilty really early on in my career of thinking that the PR person or the company itself is the star and right. you're reaching out to reporters saying, hey, you need to cover this. Yeah, Can you cover you lucky? this? Yeah, here it is. Like, we need yeah. coverage. It doesn't work that way. Um, you work for the reporter, basically. And I know they respond best for that or respond best for that. So you need to hand to them on a silver platter your story. <laughs>